I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to 31 Days of Terror 2023, day number 18, and I have two spooky stories for you today, and the first story comes from Jess. Each year around Halloween, my mother and grandmother would take my cousins and I to Salem, Massachusetts to spend the day. We would walk through the old historic cemetery, follow tour guides while listening to their ghostly tales, and visit the quaint shops in search of crystals and spell books to bring home with us. I'd say these experiences are where my deep interest in the paranormal and all things metaphysical began. As I grew older, I only immersed myself further, binge-watching horror films and ghost-hunting television shows, reading books on the occult and chatting with my paternal grandmother about angels and spirits. I always gravitated towards the unknown and, at age 30, I still do. The first ghostly encounter I can remember happened to me when I was about six or seven years old. I was spending the night at my best friend's house. It was one of the first times that I would be sleeping away from home and I was so excited. My best friend, her twin sister and I stayed up late choreographing dance routines, playing games and watching movies. Eventually all three of us fell soundly to sleep side by side, cozied up in our red sleeping bags. I'm not sure how much time had passed, but suddenly I awoke from a deep sleep and immediately my eyes gravitated towards the entryway of her living room. From where we had positioned our sleeping bags, you could clearly see the doorway to my best friend's bedroom as well as part of her dining room. The house was dark and quiet and in the doorway to my friend's room, I had made eye contact with someone. Someone or something that wasn't human or at least not anymore. To my dismay, standing there in her bedroom doorway was a dark, ghostly female figure with long, straight black hair. She was wearing what appeared to be a tattered white gown of some sort. She didn't move. She didn't speak. She just looked at me. I was in utter disbelief. I knew this wasn't one of my friend's family members. Everyone else in the home was asleep. My little kid brain didn't know what to do, so I did the best thing I knew in the moment. I pulled the sleeping bag over my head and wished as hard as I could that she would disappear. After a few moments, I slowly pulled the sleeping bag down from over my eyes. Surely, what I had seen was simply my imagination or a bad dream. I must just be half asleep or overtired. But no. When I pulled that sleeping bag down past my eyes, there she was, standing in the same spot, just staring. Heart racing, I quickly pulled the sleeping bag back over my head, and the next thing I knew it was morning. I must have fallen back asleep. It took me years to tell my best friend what I had seen in her house that night, 
and it turns out my best friend's twin sister and their cousin had seen her too. When my niece was around two years old, she began to fall out of bed in the middle of the night regularly. Sometimes her mom would find her standing in the corner of her bedroom talking to herself. Concerned, my sister took her to the paediatrician who simply labelled these incidents as night terrors. At the time, my sister was not in a relationship and lived alone in her apartment with my niece. Oftentimes, I would sleep over to keep them company. I'm not a person who is normally able to see ghosts or spirits, but I can almost always tell you when a space has a bad vibe to it. You could just feel a dark energy and a heavy energy the moment you stepped into that apartment. I hated being there alone and I felt so uncomfortable staying the night. After telling some mutual friends this story, I found out that I wasn't the only person who felt this way when they visited that apartment. One night my sister and I were sitting on her couch chatting after her daughter had gone to sleep when all of a sudden my niece fell from her bed with a loud bang and instantly began crying and screaming. The sound was something I have never forgotten. It was so much louder than what you'd expect a small child falling from a tiny children's bed about a foot off the floor to sound like. It felt wrong. Aside from the night terrors, my niece would say things. One evening, my sister and my niece were laying in bed, getting ready to settle down for the night, when my niece said, Mommy, why is she crying? My sister, shocked at what she just heard her daughter say, asked, What? Who is crying? And my niece replied, The girl. She's sad. Why is she crying? Needless to say, I'm sure my sister wanted to yeet this little kid straight out the window at this point. But she kept her. And luckily for us all, the activity stopped after a few months. My niece was no longer falling out of the bed and she stopped talking about the girl. Oddly enough, the activity appeared to stop right around the time my sister's boyfriend, now husband, moved into the apartment. My niece is 13 years old now and doesn't seem to remember her ability to communicate with spirits. Maybe one day we'll remind her of that hidden talent. My cousin and his girlfriend live in an old industrial mill building that the city converted into upscale loft apartments. One night a few years back, my husband and I were over at their place for dinner and all four of us decided to step outside for some fresh air. Guys in the front, ladies behind, we walked the long and dimly lit hallway on their floor to the exit doors of the building. As we were nearing the end of the hall, I had this overwhelming urge to turn around and look behind me. I felt as though we were no longer alone. This feeling wasn't necessarily unnerving at first, as their lofts are normally bustling. But when I turned around to look at what I thought would be a fellow loft resident going out to walk their dog or check the mail, I couldn't believe my eyes. A tall, dark and thin figure was walking quickly and somewhat erratically in our direction towards the far end of the hallway. This wasn't just one of their neighbours as I had previously assumed. Normally, even with the length of the hallway and the low lighting, you are still able to at least make out a person's features or the colour of their clothing from the end of the hall. This being was just darkness, the absence of all light, a shadow. And worst of all, this figure was wearing what appeared to be a top hat on its head. The shape was undeniable. 
This detail gave me the most discomfort and proved indefinitely for me that this wasn't just one of their neighbours. This figure simply didn't make sense. It didn't belong there. I turned to my cousin's girlfriend, tapped her on the shoulder and said quietly but panicked, What is that? What the fuck is that? She looked back, looked at me and her eyes widened. Oh my God, she replied. At that point, our leisurely walk turned into a full-on sprint as we lapped the guys and ran out the building's doors into the safe outside world. Naturally, the guys didn't believe us when we told them. But to this day, I still remember the fear I felt in that moment and I'm so thankful somebody else experienced it with me. What a kick-ass little spooky tradition you guys had going on. That sounds amazing to go to Salem, Massachusetts every year. Spend a day going through the cemetery, doing tours, looking at shops. Oh, love that. Salem is definitely on my to explore list of places in the world for sure. Your experience as a sort of six or seven year old sounds absolutely terrifying and totally um, incongruous to the excitement of having your first ever sleepover and then your first ever sleepover is tarnished by a ghostly apparition at the door. I always wonder as well, like so many of these stories they end with people who are like and then I put my head under the covers and eventually I fell asleep does your brain just make you go back to sleep so that you stop panicking you know does it just shut down and go right well we're not doing this we're just going to fall asleep because you know we know the brain is a very powerful thing and the brain does lots of things to protect you in really difficult situations I would love to know if your friend's family had any idea what this entity was in the house why it was there whether they knew the history of the house that'd be really interesting to know And what I need for the podcast going forward is a creepy child jingle that we can just play every time a creepy child appears in the podcast. You know the Poisoner's Cabinet have their arsenic alarm where every time arsenic is mentioned an alarm rings. I need that but with a jingle for creepy children. Any musical maestros out there if you could make me a creepy child jingle I'd be very impressed. And that last story absolutely terrified me. The idea of this figure tall, dark and thin, walking quickly and erratically in your direction wearing a top hat is absolutely petrifying and I'm so glad that for your sake your cousin's girlfriend also witnessed it so that you could feel validated and not feel like you were losing your mind. And as happens when I mention Hatman on the podcast, Hatman if you're listening come and do an interview with me. Tell me what's going on for you. Why are you walking around erratically? What's going on? Why the hat? I want to know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And story number two comes from Jennifer. I'm Jen. 
the girl on Instagram who basically weed her pants with excitement when I saw you post the reel about Overton Bridge and Overton House, which has a few ghost stories associated with it also that you may want to research. I don't recall the ghost stories very well, however the place is steeped in history. Overton House is a wonderful place for walks in my hometown of Dumbarton. I was a weirdo as a kid and I'm still a weirdo as an adult and very proud of it. I know this place like the back of my hand, having disappeared up here often when I was younger, just me and my dog Charlie. This was back when kids used to just roam and parents would just hope that they came home for dinner or before the streetlights came on. Charlie was a crossbreed Labrador and let me tell you that he was a character. He used to go visiting our neighbours and one time he went in the front door and let himself out the back while helping himself to our neighbour's birthday cake while they were in the garden having a barbecue. He could open doors with his paws by jumping up on his hind legs and pulling the handle. He was my heart dog, and I'm pleased to say that he did not meet his demise in this story. As I said, we often went up to Overton House. There was a certain loop that we would do which included walking over the bridge. We've done it numerous times. I must have been around 10 or 11 at the time, so I still had that childlike, if you go over a bridge, you must stop and peer over the edge, every time, just for a few seconds. Charlie, being the dutiful gentleman, would just meander beside me. Occasionally, he would trot over to say hello to any other walker or dogs. You didn't have a choice, you were going to be his new friend. He wouldn't pay much attention to what I was peering over at, which was nothing except a burn on the tops of the trees. Of course, one day that changed. We were walking up the hill towards the bridge. The road flattens out at the top as the opening to the bridge comes into view. Charlie was off the leash and he was taking his time behind me, being a dog, having a right good sniff and marking everything he possibly could. There were some walkers, possibly tourists on the bridge, as they had American accents. They were tucked in at one of the viewing platforms. I guess now they're viewing platforms, but perhaps they were passing places back in the day. As I passed them, I gave a short, pitiful whistle, signalling Charlie to catch up. I'm 35 and I can't whistle well. I need lessons from the whistler, clearly. Now I was halfway across the bridge and I saw him rounding the corner, trotting happily away. He pulls that face where you know he's thinking new friends and his tail wagging so furiously his butt moves when he just goes to say hello and then he jumped onto his hind legs and pushed upwards. It happened in terrifyingly slow motion. His body was mid-air, hind legs on the ledge of the bridge. He was fully committed to this jump. It was only sheer luck that saved him. He wore a harness. The lamppost tall American man reached out and grabbed the side part of his harness that goes around the torso. He grabbed his tail too and pulled him backwards towards him. Charlie, back on solid ground, of course ran to his human, who had probably turned choke white in watching her dog jump off the suicide bridge. He was none the wiser. The group checked we were okay, I said thank you and quickly made my way home, rather embarrassed and shocked. Charlie was put to rest around 10 years ago, having suffered from seizures in his old age. He was a fantastic dog and I have so many amazing stories about him. Like the time he escaped from the vets at the SSPCA centre, which is fairly close to Overton House, and gave them the runaround in the grounds up while fending off sedation. I still don't know why he decided that was the day to pay attention to what's over the ledge of the bridge that day. He's never paid attention to it before. Even the track that goes under the bridge, he was never overly excited by the smells. 
so the suggestion of minx doesn't make sense to me. I'm glad there was a big burly adult there to help as there was no way I would have managed to grab him. So we need some context for this story because if you're not following me on Instagram, there'll be a lot of people who are like, what? Overton Bridge is a bridge in Scotland that um, leads to a place called Overton House. And basically for reasons that are as still pretty unknown, dogs who cross the bridge will often just jump off the bridge to their demise. And if they jump off the bridge and survive, there have been cases of dogs sort of crawling their way back up only to jump off again. There's lots of speculation as to why this is. You know, some people say that, some scientists say that there is a really strong smell of mink under the bridge and that that's what causes the dogs to jump off sort of in a frenzy. But that hasn't been proven. There are local people who say, you know, there's no mink under the bridge and, you know, there never has been. And then Overton House himself is said to be haunted by the guy who built it, who was a terrible, terrible man and who sent men, working class men of the area to work in this horrendous factory making chemicals that eventually killed them. And it was a pretty slow, horrific death by all accounts. And there is this kind of paranormal theory that there is this really strong smell of chemicals that is what is attracting the dogs um, to and causing them to jump over the bridge. But I've never actually heard of anybody, I've never spoken to anybody who has actually experienced this firsthand. So Jennifer, I loved your story firstly. I mean, it's horrendous. It's an awful story because I can't even imagine the fear you must have felt in that moment to be like, oh my God, my dog is going to jump. And thank God for that American tourist catching the dog and pulling him back over the bridge. But I, like I say, I love this story because it makes me go, oh, I'm not just talking shit all the time. These things actually do happen in real life. It's not just this urban legend that that has sprung up. There is a reason why these dogs are jumping over the bridge, whether it's paranormal, whether it's biological, whether it's scientific, whatever it is, there is a reason that it's happening, but it is actually happening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Jess and Jennifer for sending in your stories. Remember, if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra spooky content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.